Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. The week of the modified Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina, it only felt right to bring on a mainstay of college basketball's premier early season tournament. Chaminade University coach Eric Bouverd has etched his name in tournament lore, having led the upstart Silver Swords to two of their eight all-time wins in the event that was borne out of the small private school's historic upset of top-ranked Virginia at the Blaisdell Arena in 1982. Bovaird is equal parts humble and hungry, characteristics that make him an ideal fit in a place with limited resources, yet opportunities for slaying giants. But this year has been a different sort of titanic challenge, as the Silver Swords and their local D2 brethren struggle to put a schedule together amid severe logistical, financial, and competitive restrictions. For example, as much of the rest of the country has tipped off the season, the Swords are still scattered, and for now won't reconvene as a team until late December. Despite all that, one small-town Pennsylvanian has kept his optimism. If you listen to some of Bovaird's life experience and his honest outlook, maybe you'll start to feel a little bit better about things, too. So, here we go. Check out Mike and Kara at Nokooi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokaoiauto at gmail.com. The best part? Mention the Court Sense podcast for a 10% discount. All right, this week's edition of the Court Sense podcast is a very timely one in the sense that I have the honor of welcoming head coach Eric Bovaird from Chaminade University, the Silver Swords, the Giant Slayers, who have been part of the Maui Invitational since its inception. And it is Maui Invitational week, albeit one week later than it usually is, and on the other end of the country from what it usually is in North Carolina. So it just seemed fitting even though he's not there physically, to welcome Chaminade coach Eric Bovaird to the program this week. How are you doing, coach? Ah, doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So uh, I see I got you on you know, the Zoom video at the moment. I see that you are in the Chaminade basketball offices. You are not physically in North Carolina, where I half expected you to be because last time around when Chaminade was not in the tournament in 2018, you took it upon yourself to go there and watch a bunch of games anyway. So I thought you might be there in Asheville, North Carolina. Did you think about going? Oh, up until last week, I was going. Uh, Were you? Yeah, I, it was about a, it was about a week ago. You know, we were going to tie in um, going to the tournament along with visiting my wife's home in Indiana and my home in Pennsylvania. And we both come from pretty small town, rural areas, and the virus has not been, you know, too prevalent in those areas. Um, over the, the the major course of the pandemic, but just recently, in the past two or three weeks, it has crept into our small towns with you know people we know, cousins, and everything like that. So I actually just just canceled the trip about a week ago. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I was there. Uh, you know, watching it on TV is not the same as seeing it live. It's still really really cool, but I, I do wish I was I was sitting there for sure. Well, you are as tied into that event and with Chaminade, Chaminade's storied basketball program as anybody, uh, you know, 
in the 21st century? I mean, you've been there for a good decade now. Uh, as you said, I mean, you're, you're from kind of a small town area in Pennsylvania, but it's, it's been an interesting twist of fate, twist of life that's led you out to the islands for the last decade, as I said, and, and enjoyed some real success there at, you know, a small division two school with, with a big name, with a big reputation for, for giant slaying and, you know, just surprising people. So uh, this year in general, 2020 has been quite the surprise, you know, as it's played out for everyone, Coach Bovaird. How has it impacted Chaminade University uh, and, you know, your means, your, your kind of uh, wherewithal as a D2 program, just trying to survive potentially in this kind of setting? Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. And it's been crazy for everyone. Um, it's, it has really been a, a unique situation. You know, we, <laughs> I didn't even know what Zoom was about seven months ago. And I've been on more Zoom meetings than, than I care to be on. But, uh, but anyways, you know, I, just thinking back to the, to the beginning of this time period, you know, I was on the regional advisory committee and, and, you know, throughout March or throughout February and March, we were picking the teams to go to the NCA tournament and, all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt. And, you know, I remember telling my guys who, who were getting ready to go home for spring break or, or, or you know, that we were going to take, I, I thought, Hey, look, we'll probably take two weeks off of school. That was kind of the, the rumor floating around. Hey, we might take two or three weeks and pause things and then come back. So all my guys took off, but a couple went to their homes and next thing we know, a week or two later, we're calling them saying, hey, don't come back. <laughs> you know, they, they left their stuff in their dorm rooms and took off. And, and I did not see them again, most of them again, until um, October of this year. We started out the school year online. Um, so most of my guys decided to just stay because we, we, hadn't, we couldn't practice or have access to a gym anyway. And a lot of places they were at, they had better they better had better access to facilities and kind of in their routine. So, you know, most of my guys arrived around, you know, the beginning of October. And then amazingly, a division two college basketball group program, we're practicing outside. <laughs> so they they I give them credit though, they were happy to at least to do to do something. It seemed like they had been so long without having any formal you know, training that, you know, just telling them, hey, we're going to be in small groups. We're going outside. We're going to wear masks. We're going to do this. You know, I, I couldn't imagine saying that two years ago. Like they, they would have, I would have never got one player to come play for my program if I told them that was going to happen. But um, yeah, our guys have been really good about it, though. You know, I think that this this generation is learning you know, learning a lesson and, and don't take anything for granted. You never know what's going to happen. You know, be prepared for the future. Um, so uh, that, that's, you know, luckily then and in, in probably uh, beginning of November, we were able to get some access to our gym in small groups again and doors open, fans on, all that kind of stuff. But um, we, we've had no contact. I mean, I've had no, in our practices, we're not allowed to have contact against each other. So mm. I feel like we've really made the most of it with our skill development. Um, tons of shots, tons of skill development, ball handling, you know, still conditioning and all that kind of stuff. But nothing, in my opinion, nothing replaces um, live, really good competition. You learn from that, you know, way better than you do just 
shooting thousands of shots. You know, yeah, of course, it's going to help you a little bit become a better shooter, but you, you have to compete in order to get better. Well, I'm glad you actually got into McCabe gym at some point there. Um, shoot, it's uh, where do things stand, I guess, right now, Coach Bovard, with where your schedule's at, where your, you know, the, the reality of what kind of uh, conference schedule you might have. Can you get any games prior to that? Um, is it up? Is it, is there like leeway? Is, is, is there flexibility to it? How, like, does any of this, uh, you know, how much of this have you had to really like learn and, and just be flexible and adaptive to as you've gone? Well, as our, uh, as our famous leader, Bill Villa, um, who's just retired as our athletic director back in June or, or whatever, he, he told me all the time for, for the past 10 years, hang loose, just hang loose. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get things done. Cause when I first started, I was pretty anxious to get things moving, you know, in my beginning of 10 years. So probably a little bit more persistent than, you know, the Hawaiian culture is used to. But he'd always tell me, just hang loose. We'll, we'll, it'll take care of itself. So I've kind of kept that motto for the past, you know, five years at least. My first five, I was probably a little more pushy, but um, I've kind of kept that motto for the past five years and realized that, hey, you know, things, things are, things, whatever's meant to be is meant to be and things will happen. Things happen for a reason and, and so forth. But um, as of yesterday, as of yesterday, we do have a, 12-game schedule, six games versus Hawaii Pacific, six games versus Hawaii Hilo. We're still in discussion about um, potentially having our conference tournament and, you know, how is that going to qualify for NCAA regionals now? Um, so that's – and we're scheduled to start end of, you know, third week in January, play through the beginning of March, try to get those 12 games in. And then see where we're at if we, you know, whether it's the winner of the pod advances. That there's still a lot of that to be determined. But here on my sheet, sitting on my desk, I have I have 12 games scheduled, <laughs> and uh, we're hoping we can play all of them. We're getting everything in place, you know, all the testing responsibility and all the protocols and everything like that. So our intention is to play. I know the other Hawaii schools want to play. I can't speak for the California schools, you know, the schools in LA and the schools in San Francisco. I know that when I talk to them, they are nervous. They're, they're nervous about things getting potentially, you know, shut down and, and not having a season at all. But we, our intention is to, to try to do the best we can and get through this and, and play as meaningful a season as we can. Yeah, there's no doubt things have not been trending in an encouraging direction uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, specifically. But uh, and, you know, we're all kind of been warned of, of the dark winter to come uh, as far yes. as COVID goes and, and more shutdowns. And uh, I mean, shoot, we'll see what happens. Hopefully there could be some kind of creative solution there. I, I guess yeah. we'll see. Um, so as you said, Coach, you know, hopefully six games against Hilo, six games against HPU, um, you guys make up the 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 Western pod of the Pac West, if you will, uh, the yeah. remaining Hawaii teams, BYU Hawaii, of course, um, shut down its program uh, a couple years ago. So has there been any word, I guess, can you guys try to play against University of Hawaii, for example, for we some can. non-conference we, games? Yeah, we, we've been in discussions. I, I've talked to, you know, a couple of people over there and um, we have the ability to, 
um, just the timing of it is not working out very well. For instance, our guys are home now. We our our school shortened our first semester. Um, all my guys have taken off and they they went home the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and they're not scheduled to return until after Christmas. So you know, there, there's a month month block where there where I know UH would like to play, but I I've been telling them my team's not even here and they're not you know we we want to take a pause here at Chaminade and just kind of reset we've done a really good job here maintaining the virus it's been very minimal um throughout our campus um but they they want to hit the reset button and and you know and not have anybody around for a little while and then and then be ready to try to get the second semester underway so just timing wise it's really not working out cuz i know they're scheduled to start their competition December 27th and that's like right around my guys are getting back and mm. I imagine they're not they're not going to want to play a game um, during their conference play so yeah it just just really isn't working out this year I wish we could but just unfortunately timing yeah uh, well how strange is it to you coach Bovere that there are games playing out as we speak in in you know certain pockets of the country I mean shoot I got the Maui Invitational on behind me right now um, you know yeah. uh texas just just finished thumping indiana and uh, uh north carolina plays stanford and the other uh maui invitational semifinal over there in Asheville, north carolina as as we talked about earlier but there's d2 teams at least some probably not most you, you would definitely know more about that than i playing right now at least some d1 d2 crossover type games i've seen uh d1 teams here and there are playing each other how strange is that to you, just how scattershot this kind of deal is yeah. right now? I, I mean, my first glimpse of it was, you know, we went for so long that nothing was being played, you know, nothing basically across the world. Like we were watching, the only thing to watch was the 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 last dance, <laughs> you know, videos of Michael Jordan. But um, I remember when I first, like, I turned on TV and there was a football game on and I could not believe it, you know, because at that time period, I think, you know, we, we the virus wasn't doing so well here in Hawaii. We were in definitely a different tier and, and different form of quarantine, stay at home sort of thing. And uh, I, I thought, unbelievable, they're playing football in these places. So and, and I talked to my colleagues across the nation. It's just amazing how in different parts of the country. Um, you know, people are doing things differently, you know, in some places they're just, they're just going on as life as usual, which I don't know if that's the best policy, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's definitely completely different, especially on the West coast. I'm finding, um, I know my schools in, in West Virginia, they've been full on practicing for several months. You know, they've been five on five every day in the gym, getting after it and, you know, we're trying to figure out, hey, can we have three guys or can we have four guys and not touch each other and stay, you know. So it is completely different all across the country, you know. And I, I don't know what the right answers are. I'm just trying to take the best advice from, you know, our administration and our people who, who feel, you know, that, are, that have our best decision, you know, in mind and our, and our health and safety. So just kind of hanging loose and letting the experts do that. And just, just tell me when, tell me when we can practice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all you can do. Right. And, yeah. uh, well, coach Bovera taking the, the pandemic 
aside for for just the moment you know this as as i said this is your 10th year at chaminade um we'll see how much of that 10th year you get to actually you know do your job at uh, out there on the basketball court but um you've reached the ncaa division two west regional three times uh there at chaminade to this point you, you won the pac west tournament title in 2014 i know that's a very you know competitive event with all the the, the different other pockets of, of pac west teams uh, often ranked uh, in that field uh, but yeah. just being out out here in the islands uh, coaching this upstart d2 program uh, after you spent seven years assistant coaching at your alma mater west liberty in west virginia could you have uh, ever envisioned or imagined this twist on your life and you being <laughs> here as long as you have really no to be honest with you i remember ta- you know talking to my wife uh, when we were getting ready to move here and i thought yeah Let's just go try it out for two or three years, you know, and, and, and just 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 see where it goes from there. You know, the intention, obviously, you don't I, I didn't picture being away from family for for 10 years, you know, but we have, you know, with with our unique ability, our, our, our unique jobs, um, we do have the ability usually in a non pandemic year to get extended time periods at home, you know, whether it be in the summertime or you know, a decent stretch through the winter or even spring break going over recruiting, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, on an, in a normal year, we'd actually be, you know, Hey, let's go home for a month here and a month there and, and have our fill, <laughs> you know, but, but we, we love Hawaii. We, that's, that's the main reason why we've stayed here so long. Um, my kids are in a great school. We have great friends here. It, it's almost like time has just flown by, you know, we, it's, we haven't been looking to move elsewhere, but I, just like I tell every recruit that, you know, cause their parents always ask, where well, are you going to stay there? Are you going to be there for four years? And I always tell them, Hey, you know, just like everybody, except for maybe Bill Self and Coach K, if a great job comes open and they want me, you know, in a great location, yeah, I would definitely look at it. But the intention is, you know, hey, I'm happy here, and it's been a great situation for my whole family and my and myself, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, I the Maui Invitational always always brings back some nostalgia to me because I can vividly remember as a young kid sitting on my couch in Pennsylvania, you know, snow coming down outside and watching the Maui Invitational on TV. And back then, they didn't have air conditioning, Jim. So people would be just sweating, had the fans going. I thought, oh, God, how cool would it be to be there? You know, because it's freezing outside where I'm at. And, uh, you know, so I am watching those those classic games on TV and just just thinking, man, I wish I could play in that someday. That that was my goal, man. I want to play. I want to go to a school and play in that. Well, I never got that opportunity. North Carolina never recruited me. So. Um, but having the opportunity to coach in it has been has been phenomenal. You know, just it's it's a dream come true as far as you know watching these historic programs on TV all these years, and you know, and and, and getting to know these coaches. You know, a lot of the coaches at the at the Division One level are great guys. I mean, you know, a lot of times you have to be in order to get that far in life, but. Um, you know, I just think, you know, I was sitting at the table with Roy Williams the last time they were out here, and he just, just giving me great advice, not only in basketball, but life. And Bill Self's always been great to our, me and my family. So, like, just just having this opportunity, I mean, 
You know, it, it's, it's, it's one of the main reasons, you know, one of the top reasons I came to Hawaii. You know, when you're at Chaminade, you have the chance to, to play against the best of the best in most division twos and most division ones for that matter. They don't get that opportunity. They might get it once a year or once every three or four years, but, you know, usually not three games versus the, the best of the best. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really weird watching it on TV again because, you know, I haven't watched it on TV. I've been there live watching for the past nine years. And, um, so it is a little bit strange, but, uh, but, but, but I, I, I'm enjoying because I've heard so much about Bill Walton over the years. <laughs> and people talking about him. I'm actually really enjoying listening to a full game of of the things he comes up with. It's awesome. Yeah, he's still rocking the tie dye and the the Maui Jim uh, sunglasses on on the remote <laughs> broadcast. I saw that yesterday. It was pretty wild. Uh, yeah. No, well said. I mean, uh, yeah, and thank you, thank you for kind of you know sharing what that that means to you to to be a part of that and and be out here for as long as you have. Uh, to me, when just off the top of my head, I think a few adjectives that I would use to describe you and just kind of the, the manner about which you've really found a home here is just the fact that, uh, I mean, you're, you're a guy who clearly comes off as genuine, humble, and, and respectful. And I think those are all values that, that fit, you know, the, the ethos out here in the islands, uh, really to a T. And so, I mean, that's, a, that's a credit to you and, and probably a big reason in my mind, at least why you, why you've, you know, had as much success and lasted there as long as you have. So uh, I do want to ask you more Maui Invitational things that that's yeah, sure. definitely on the docket. I appreciate here. that too. Um, appreciate yeah, that, of Brian. course. No, I think anyone who, who, you know, even just in this, however long we've gone here, you know, 20 minutes or so, like can, can hear that from you. No doubt mm -hmm. about it. Um, a little more on your background, uh, coach Bovard, you were a two-time All-American at your alma mater, West Liberty. You broke a bunch of scoring and three-point records. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that the three point records of those mid nineties days may not stand up to the three point <laughs> records now, just, just a hunch there, but, uh, <laughs> curious how, how similar your teams and your preferred style. I mean, you guys run and gun a lot, you spread the floor, you, you get shooting from pretty much every spot, every player position on the floor. That's how you've knocked off some of these teams like Texas in 2012, Cal in 2017, how similar style did you play in yeah, West Liberty in those mid nineties days that allowed you to break some of those records? Well, the crazy thing is we, the way we played while I was playing um, is completely different than the way, you know, that we, we played whenever I came back as an assistant coach and the way we play now, a hundred percent different. And in, um, you know, different coaches, I, the coach I had where we were way more structured in, and, um, you know, ran exact set plays and, and, you know, didn't have a lot of wiggle room for, um, creativity and so forth. It was like, Hey, come down, run this, you go here, you go there and you, and so forth. Now, luckily for me, you know, most of those plays were get Eric the ball here and then you guys get out of the way. So, you know, I, I was lucky to have great teammates playing wise. And uh, that, that allowed me to, you know, put me in those opportunities and a coach that really believed in me. So I, I, you know, I had the ball in my hands a ton. But, you know, when I came back as an assistant coach, there was a new coach um, who I had known. He was actually the tennis coach at West Liberty um, and off and on assistant coach, but was never there whenever I was there. 
Um, but it, just an just an amazing story. Someday somebody's going to write a book or do a movie about his story. Um, because right now he's the winningest coach in NCAA basketball um, named Jim Crutchfield. I've heard um, you reference him before. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an amazing story. You know, one like 10 conference tennis tournament or ten, tennis championships and always had an interest in basketball. Basketball was his favorite sport, um, but got the job at West Liberty. And he said that I was the first guy he called, you know, getting to know him. I had him for some classes and him watching our teams play and me play and getting to know me. Uh, I'm so thankful that he thought of me first, you know, to be his assistant coach. I was, I was pretty comfortable living in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, teaching and coaching every sport possible, you know, have, having fun, a lot of friends around there and, you know, and actually being, being single, I was making really, really good money. So life was pretty good. And so he called me up and said, Hey, you want to come be an assistant coach here at West Liberty? Um, and he told me what the salary was and it was about half, about half as much as I was making already. And I thought, man, this is a, this is going to be a tough decision, but you know, like a lot of things in life, I just went for it. And I felt like, you know, God will help steer me in the right path and the right places. And, you know, so I went for it and, you know, he, he is a visionary. He, you know, I learned so much from him as far as, you know, just philosophy on the game and philosophy of players and everything like that. And, you know, long story short, we led the nation in scoring almost every single year we were there, but, the big thing, like you always said, well, it's the winning percentage, you know, how many games do you win? Cause there's been a lot of run and gun teams out there that, that, that lose, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they win some games, but they lose a lot of games and we didn't want to, we don't want to lose any games. So we wanted to learn how to play our style, but be incredibly effective doing it. And it took a little time of development, but man, it, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, through those years and, but, you know, it's been a slower prop process implementing it here. Um, sorry, we're having a news weather alert or something. <laughs> it's the first of the month. I think they're doing their uh, the, the drill. Yeah, sorry about that. But no, sorry. Yeah, it's been very unique. Just j been implementing that system and style here um, has been a little bit, took me a little bit longer than I wanted to, but we are, you know, we are really close over the past two or three years. We, you know, not only had very successful teams, but we're playing more and more the style I want to play. Um, you know, I, I, I found it, uh, you know, like I tell all the high school coaches that I'm in contact, you've got to adapt your style according to the players you have, you know, it, like I'll give you an example, three or four years ago, we had, we had a guy, Eric Scheib, who's, who's been playing professional basketball. Um, we slowed down a lot so we could get him the ball. <laughs> you know, we, we wanted to make sure he was down there. But right now, the team that we have recruited, I feel like we're in a position where we're going to play the way I've always intended to play. And we will be one of the leading scoring teams in the nation and, and hopefully win a lot of games along, along those lines. So, um, but yeah, you know, going back to the West Liberty days, Jim Crutchfield, is probably the biggest influence on, you know, the style we play um, in the direction we want to go. Well, I looked at your roster uh, for for this listed year, and you guys are typically uh, in Chaminade, Eric Bobert fashion, about all six eight and under. And I'm guessing yeah. all can can shoot the heck out of the ball, uh, more or less. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. The, um, those are the type of guys we like to recruit. My ideal guys are always guys that can do a little bit of everything, you know, handle the ball, um, penetrate and make decisions, shoot from the outside, um, and be very versatile defensively. So, you know, having the opportunity to recruit that way is, you know, definitely lends to playing the style you want to play. You get the occasional uh, Mamadou Diara over there at, at Chaminade, right, in, in the close to seven-foot range, but th- those tend to be more uh, the exception than, than the rule, I think. Um, no doubt, no doubt. It's I'm not I'm not one to take too many big awkward guys. Now there's a lot of big, really good guys out there, and most of them are have been taken up by the right. high major division ones. But there's also a lot of not so good, clumsy bigger guys which don't seem to do as well in my system. Um, you know, so we we kind of stay away from from those. But I mean, Eric Shive, for an example, was a six ten incredibly skilled player that I couldn't pass up on, even though he was a little bit slower. Um, I, when I saw him as these are, I need to take this guy and we'll change a little bit of what we do. And, and uh, yeah, so he, he said he's been very successful. And the, the kid uh, you had uh, your all conference, all academic kid, like in the last couple of years, uh, Cartino, Tyler Cartino, yeah. he, he yeah. was kind of in the wing mold do a little bit of everything right that's kind of your for sure typical guy yeah yeah can shoot the three could was one of the best probably the best driver in the country in one in the country and in our conference at the division two level anyway and uh yeah it was just a great great player he would be playing professionally right now but he didn't follow my advice and get his passport he was going to wait till after the season and then all of a sudden got stuck and nothing was open, couldn't get a passport. But he's had a bunch of opportunities and people that have wanted him, but he's still trying to track down how to get a passport. He says it's on the it's on the way, it's in the mail. So, um, but he will be playing professionally too. Well, coach, I want I want to steer things back to the Maui Invitational uh, because it is going on as we speak. And uh, I was curious. I mean, you referenced as a kid with with snow falling outside during the the holidays the when the tournament has always been played uh where were you in 1982 December 23rd when Chaminade knocked off number 1 Virginia and Ralph Sampson when Chaminade was just a an unknown NAIA school at the Blaisdell Arena yeah <laughs> you know i want to I, I don't even know i think i might have convinced myself of this i'm not so sure that this is even true but i could swear that i remember something on the news and then my and my parents talking about it you know at the time period when it happens i have those flashbacks but it, it could be a figment of my imagination so i'm not i'm not so sure that i knew um exactly because i have watched those old news clips that come on the that came on the tv across the world and stuff like that and i'm thinking man, i remember that you know but I, I i might be just making that up i'm not sure but uh um, yeah, I would have been, let me see, I would have been in about third or fourth grade. Um, and, and honestly, I don't even remember watching basketball that much on TV. I remember playing basketball with my brother, um, on all the different hoops we have from Nerf hoops to, to tennis rackets transformed into basketball hoops to baskets <laughs> cut out of, uh, almost like a peach basket cut out and hung up in our garage and, all that kind of stuff. So 
But that, yeah, I would have been about a third grader, I imagine, maybe second, whenever that went down. Well, there were fewer than 4,000 people in attendance for that game, at least according to official records. I can probably imagine that over 10,000 plus say they were there at this point. Uh, but, <laughs> I, but I hey, totally agree with that. Every person that I come across to, especially here in Hawaii, I was at that game. I was like, well, that's got to be about 10,000 people now that I've talked to that have all been to that game. I think they, 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 they might have, again, like me, caught it on the news and felt like over the years, like I was there. But I actually have a copy of that game. Um, so... Um, I can go back and actually see some of the stands who was who was in the or seeing some of the people who were in the stand. Sorry, I got no, a phone call coming. It's all right. Um, and now this is true. My my parents had had just uh, moved back to Hawaii uh, prior to that game, uh, and and they were there in attendance at the Blaisdell Arena. And in a sense, I was there as well as a bun in the oven if you will uh so i can sort of lay claim maybe with an asterisk that i was in the house yeah. when yeah. uh tony randolph and, the, and those guys shocked shocked the world merv lopes the, the legendary coach coach of chaminade of course um terry holland having led uh coached and you know kind of tipped his cap to chaminade and agreed uh for virginia that that it maybe was the greatest upset of all time even in that moment and yeah. history has kind of bore that out you know you got guys like michael wilbon washington post uh, you know, having been there, uh, just uh, kind of on not quite random chance, but he wanted to see the number one team in the country go up against this, you know, unknown element in a, in an exotic place. And yeah. it just so happened that, you know, history was made and, um, the tournament, the Maui Invitational, as we know, it was, was born out from that, from that event a couple of years later. So, um, yes. tr truly a formative event and any college hoop head, uh, knows the, knows the tale by heart for sure. So now to this point, uh, you know, 30 plus years later, Coach Bovaird, I mean, as we said, you've been there for the last nine editions, eight, eight actually with Chaminade in, in the tournament. You guys were uh, folded out, uh, rotated out in 2018. Chaminade has an all time record of eight and 95 in its signature event, of course, going up against these D1 powerhouse teams. You authored two of those upsets, as, as we said, Texas in 2012, Cal in 2017. I personally remember and was fortunate to be there for 2012 and you guys knocked off the Longhorns, uh, which was really to to this date, one of the biggest wins in Chaminade history, Deandre Haskins going off, yeah. uh, you know, showing his medal as a D one caliber player in every respect uh, made the all tournament team. And then 2017 uh, Dantley Walker, who's now your assistant coach had, had a great game against Cal Austin Pope was an all around maestro for you. What do you remember from those two games specifically, Coach? Uh, just the elation of 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 beating, you know, the Power Five schools. You know, from the Big Twelve to to the Pac Twelve. You know, it's 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 it it was unreal. You know, we we go in with the mentality like, hey, we are we're we're going to compete against everyone. We want to. We're we're not going to back down. We're going to give you everything we have. A lot of times it's not good enough. You know, we understand. Um, but we go in with the mentality that we are going to win. And even when we're preparing for Kansas, even preparing for North Carolina, North Carolina, you know, I remember sitting in the locker room and telling these guys before we played Kansas this last, the other last time and thinking, 
this is the best. This is one of the best college teams I've ever seen. You know, we are going to have to play a near perfect game in order to compete with these guys. So we 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 put things in perspective, but we know that on a given night that we can play with anybody. We you know, besides the two victories, if I think back at the amount of incredibly close games, even our last game in the Maui Invitational against the number one draft pick, Anthony Edwards, they come down to yeah. the last second shot. Um, for him knocking down a 25 foot contested three in order to beat us. So, uh, we've been close, we've been close so many other times, um, that, uh, I, I really feel I kind of get disappointed when it's two because I'm realistically, it could be six or seven that, that were, if things would have gone our way just at the end, um, we could have been sitting on six or seven more additional wins, but happy, you know, about the two, you know, to keep, you know, it's Chaminade on the basketball world map is, is really neat. And it's fun to see the excitement that, that, you know, other people get from it. You know, whether it's people I meet in Hawaii or whenever I go back home or I go to my wife's home in Indiana. Shoot, I think I'm more popular in Indiana than I am here. Where, you know, basketball, it's like basketball, uh, basketball heaven there. So they, they they think that I'm really, really popular, but I can walk down the streets here in, in Honolulu and nobody knows who I am. More people know who I am in in in, in uh Indiana than they do here. But no, it's been it was great it was a great couple wins. Um we we wanna get more though, you know, starting next year. So um, you know, look looking forward to getting back in, looking forward to the tournament being back in Maui and uh you know, and try to get some more wins. Well next year along with it being back in Maui is uh, an odd numbered year. And that means Chaminade is back in the field. And uh, I've asked you about this a number of times, coach, you know, since it was announced first in 2017, that, that Chaminade will kind of go to this different model of being in the tournament one year out of the tournament in the opposite year. And those years get to getting to play uh, it's kind of become exhibition games at, at these, some of these uh, blue bloods, power teams i mean i think you you've gone to play at, at arizona I, I know that one right uh, you yep. went to san diego state uh you, you can tell me which other ones you played this past year i, I slips me well out. we were supposed to we were supposed to go to unlv and stanford this year right uh, right we had them on the schedule i think uh november 3rd and 6th something something like that and uh obviously it, it, it did not work out but um yeah we were scheduled to go play those games but they they just had to be canceled um, but yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it, when it first happened, I know both you and I were like, I can't believe that this is, this is going on. Why is, why would Chaminade not be playing in their own tournament and, and everything along those lines? Um, you know, yeah. I, this stuff I've said <laughs> before, <laughs> but, you know, obviously I, I, I would, you know, I think it's the best tournament in the world. So yeah, I would prefer to play in that every year in that portion. But, you know, administration and the, and the company that, um, helps run the tournament, Kemper Lesnick, you know, they, they come up with, they come up with different solutions in order to, to help our school out, maybe a little bit more financially and, and everything like that. And, um, you know, and came up with an arrangement where they thought it would be more beneficial to, to Chaminade. But, you know, obviously wish I was playing in it every single year, but, you know, I will tell you, having the opportunity, you know, we went to Arizona and we went to San Diego State and uh, it was so much fun. Like we've never played in front of uh, whatever Arizona's arena holds. It was sold out. 
<laughs> San Diego State was sold out. We played in, in front of more fans in those two games than we did in the whole nine years combined. You know, so it, I mean, it was it was, and they were close games. They both came down to the end. Um, it, you know, walking into Arizona's arena and just seeing all the great players that you forgot even played there. Um, so it, it's an incredible experience. You know, and we have plans in the future. You know, we I'd love to go into Fog Allen Fieldhouse or go play Duke at Duke or, you know, at Carolina, stuff like that. So, um, you know, so, you know, obviously would love to, to still be in Maui. But, you know, I'm grateful that we we have the, the opportunity to go play those places at their place, too. So, you know, you can't complain too much. I got a got a pretty good life, you know, both ways. So. Well, I will say there is nothing quite like the energy in that Lahaina Civic Center uh, when Chaminade's making a run on one of these, uh, you know, name programs. You guys were within like three points of, of Baylor, like in 2013. I remember that one when yeah. Christoph Veradel went off at like seven threes in the first half. This yeah. this European kid who no one had really, I think he transferred from Florida Gulf Coast and yeah. uh, his, his one and only year for you guys. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he actually got hurt after that. So he, really that was his kind of, his one shining moment was in this tournament and he, he lit up the nets that probably one of my favorite all time moments covering Maui for a decade. Uh, I was curious where that one stands to you and, and any other kind of special moments, any that stand out for you, you know, from, from the last decade that aren't even yeah. one of the wins you had. There's, there's been a bunch, you know, besides the two wins, there's been a bunch of, of really special moments, you know, one of them being, you know, I can't tell you, and I'm usually not a nervous person, you know, just kind of just, just take it how it is and, and go with it. But I remember, you know, before my first game in Maui, we're, we're scheduled to play UCLA and they have all these five-star recruits and, you know, all these guys that are potential lottery picks and, and, and so forth. And I'm thinking, you know, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, how can we play with these guys? How in, How are we going to how are we going to be able to compete versus these guys, you know, but we're preparing as best we can and, you know, trying to give it our best shot. And next thing you know, it's halftime. And, and we're, I think we're up one tied or maybe down one, but it was one of, it was right in that stretch that it was a really, really close game. I think we had the lead for a lot of the first half might've lost it right at the last second, but you know, and going into halftime and everybody's like, oh, my God, Chaminade is playing, you know, with one of the best teams in the country. So at that moment right then, I, I truly believe like, hey, uh, we can play with anybody. Yeah, we need things to go well. We need we need things to go our way. We got to, you know, not turn the ball over, rebound, shoot the ball well from the field, all that kind of stuff. But we legitimately can play with these guys. We We just did it. And, um, you know, so that, that was one moment in particular. Um, the Baylor game, that which you referred to, they had a great team that year. They had NBA players on that team. They were really good. I think they were ranked maybe top 10 in the nation. Um, and, again, play with it. It's either a couple – we're either winning or a couple-point game at, at halftime and, and so forth. So I've had a lot of those. You know, we were beating Minnesota. Um the one year we were, I think, if I remember correctly, we had an eight-point lead with like eight minutes to go in the game, and I thought for sure we were going to pull it out, and uh, we ended up losing pretty close to the end. But I think back in UConn, Missouri, were games where we very easily could have won. You know, in Georgia last year was a game very easily could have won. So 
a lot of special moments. Um, a lot of a lot of learning for me. I can tell you that you know, learning from those experiences, learning from the adjustment that the division ones make, you know, and try to take away the things that you do, things you do well, and and so forth. So it's it's been a great learning curve for me because you know you learn the best from from playing against the best competition. If we're just beating up on teams at our level, we're not getting any better. So those those opportunities, you can learn a lot about your players and your team um, really fast. And I'm sure it helps you come conference tournament time in the in the Pac West, no no doubt about it. As we said, you've you guys have made some some runs there. Uh coach, one one fun fact uh that that I uh came upon when I was brushing up on you a little bit before talking to you um uh, and before I let you go here. Uh I, I saw your wife has a doctor title. Is she? She's like a professor or a doctor in in some form. <laughs> How much leeway or flexibility does that give you in your career, knowing that you are married <laughs> to someone who carries that title? Well, it it does help a lot. It uh, you know I t- I've told you know Coach Crunchfield not only with basketball experience um, has given me a lot of life lessons and, and so forth, but I remember before I was. You know, when I first started dating my wife, Lee, um, he, he always told me, he said, look, you want to marry someone that's better looking than you, that's smarter than you, and is going to make more money than you. <laughs> so I thought, oh, my God, right here she is. And not only that, she she probably, she might have been is just as good, if not a better basketball player than me. She played Division One basketball at Eastern Kentucky. But no, yeah, she's a doctor of physical therapy, a DPT. Um, but um she she actually teaches in the University of Hawaii system. I, she teaches most of her classes at Kapi'olani Community College, I think. She's really got into being a college professor. Um, but um, yeah, I've been I've been fortunate. I know that. Well, Coach Eric Bovert, yeah, thanks again for for making some time during during these weird times when uh, you have to kind of be be flexible, as we said, and and change things up at the drop of a hat. So I guess I would close by asking you what's what's next for for you and Shamanad in in the immediate sense yeah well we're hoping that you know we're hoping that we keep progressing here in Hawaii and things keep getting better and better I know everybody in the back of everybody's minds thinking is there going to be a Thanksgiving surge is there going to be a after Christmas surge are we going to go you know back in the tier system and so forth I'm just hoping and praying that we keep progressing here you know, and that things get better and more and more things open up and, and more and more people feel comfortable about resuming normal activities and where the vaccine and so forth fits into that. And if you believe in it or not, I'm just hoping that we have, we can, we're able to play a meaningful season. The guys, the good thing is the guy, you know, all the players know that, Hey, this year is not going to count towards my NCA eligibility. The NCA gave them all the year back. Because we all know that, hey, there, there's going to be some, you know, some conferences have already shut down and just not playing at all. And there's going to be, you know, I'd be very surprised if we made it through the year without having to take a pause, you know, of some sort. You know, I'm hoping that, that, that we don't have to do that, but I'll be very surprised if we don't. Um, so just kind of hoping to get through this season, everybody, you know, healthy and, and play a meaningful season and, and do all the preparation to, for, for the future. All right. Well, well said. And, and thank you again, coach Bovard. Take care and best of luck to your silver swords.
Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, buddy.